Welcome back to another Edge God In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button today to Edge God In to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. Our mission statement at Edge God In is to champion your human potential in Christ. We offer topics that come from the daily frustrations and triggers or tripwires that spin us out of control very quickly, by the way. In fact, as soon as you see something as a threat to your sense of safety, even if it's a uh, assumed threat, the body responds accordingly. And in about 125 thousandths of a second, your brain will respond by sending a cascade of neurochemicals through your body, including the stress hormone, which tosses you in the back part of the brain or the primal brain or animal planet, as I refer to it as. And that leaves you with only three reactive responses to whatever it is that's going on in your life. You will either fight, argue, um, want to defend your cause, want to debate, uh, want to be right, liked, understood, or you or you will run. Um, you'll walk away. You'll get the silent treat, treatment or better known as stonewalling people around you, or you'll freeze. And then you'll internalize things. And the body after a period of time, usually starts to manifest it when we're stuffers. So perhaps you're a stuffer, perhaps you're an imploder or an exploder when things don't go your way. If so, this is a podcast that will give you the opportunity to reboot your focus from the outside, living from the outside in, to living from the inside out. The title of today's podcast is Let Faith Override Fear in the new year. And I'm recording this just several days before Christmas, before we go to the crib as been written throughout the centuries, where our salvation lies. And so I'd like to invite you to think about your heart as the manger. Think about that space where Jesus dwells. And in that space, think about what you want to bring to the manger. What is it that you want to bring to Jesus today that you've been gripping a hold of and it's giving you a counterfeit sense of control? And we'll talk more about that in our podcast. What is counterfeit? Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you as you reflect on this last year and perhaps invite the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom to recognize those tenants that you're giving free rent to, those ants, as they're referred to in neuroscience, automatic negative thoughts that you dwell on or hold, hold on to very tightly that prevent you from coming to the crib, the manger within you, where Jesus dwells. Oftentimes, we'll look outside of us for what we can only truly be satisfied within. So take some time to go inside your castle, particularly in these next couple of days. Pull up the drawbridge, come before God, and invite the Holy Spirit to sift you, to remove those things that are preventing you from that trust and surrender. Our learning objective at the end of today's podcast is that you will have the opportunity to explore two powerful encounters from Scripture that actually are very timely because they're readings that are associated with the week before Christmas and yet applicable throughout the entire year. 
And you'll have an opportunity to explore these two encounters with an archangel. An archangel is one of the main characters in the scriptures. And you'll also be able to contrast and compare two different outcomes. One led by faith, one led by fear. So let's jump in and see what the Holy Spirit has for us during this sacred week of the Lord's coming in a very unique way. Be attentive. He's after you today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sweet Jesus, we thank you for the power of the scriptures that give us those messages that our soul longs for. Our flesh scratches and clings and screams, trying to gain a sense of false control in life. Nothing new, no shocker there, Lord. It's the same trickery that Satan's been using since the garden to create counterfeit control in our lives and prevent us from sitting at your feet as Mary did and listening. What should I do next? What do you want me to say next? How do you want me to use my time today? to bring glory to your name. And if you were to call me home tomorrow, what would I want to write in my life today? Perhaps it's someone that you're moving me to forgive, as you will forgive me in the measure I forgive others. Perhaps you're inviting me to a shift in my life, to use my gifts and talents to glorify you, rather than for selfish ambition. Or vain conceits. Whatever it is, Lord, speak. Your servants are listening. Thank you, Father God, for the gift of your Son that came and crashed our world through the archway of humility, service, obedience, and love. Help us to learn his ways and to follow his calling in our life today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Let faith override fear in the new year. So take a moment before we jump in here and invite the Holy Spirit to point out any fear that you have, any fear or self-doubt that you're giving free rent to. Just take a moment. What is it for you today? that you are giving way too much landscape to between your two ears. Just pull that up and think about that as we're going through the scriptures in our lesson today and see what the Holy Spirit has for you. So my first question for you is what gift will you bring to the manger? What specific gift will you bring to the manger? The three wise men brought gifts to Jesus. What gift do you have? Do you want to give to Jesus today? Perhaps it's increasing your trust that he calls you and he therefore will give you the strength and the courage to do whatever he's calling you to. Or perhaps it's faith. Perhaps you're having a faith crisis. You're laying awake at night, worrying about how things are going to turn out. Or perhaps you're stuck in the past 
grieving or were or or focusing on why things happened as they did. Jesus desires to free you from that today, my friend. When Billy Graham was asked what was one of his biggest surprises about this journey of life when he was older, he said the brevity of life. It was a surprise to him how fast this life goes. And so if we're going to make an investment and, a, and beginning in the new year is an awesome time to reflect, identify, and adjust those things that we've been doing in the flesh that we'd like to release and put under the authority and control of the power of God within us. So thinking about those things, knowing the brevity of life and how quickly life goes and how quickly life can be taken. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. This is not our home, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And I remember the kiss of life when I went through advanced cancer and was told they were trying to get me five years more of life at 38 years old. That was the kiss of life. When you face your death or deathbed wisdom, you get the opportunity very quickly to, to crystallize what's what you value most in life. And it also gives you the opportunity then to reflect, do my behaviors align with what I value most? So perhaps that's another tip that you can take and run with today. Just take a moment and write down your top five values or top three. Clarity of focus leads to accuracy of response. Those things that are most important to you, those things that on your deathbed, that those are the things that you would perhaps say you wished you did more of. What are those top three things that are most important to you? And you can also get clarity around it, that if you were told you had one year to live, how would your priorities change today? That can give you some guidance as to what you'll bring to the manger in order to free you up to, to be able to increase the behaviors aligned with what you value most. So what gift does Jesus want? Our trust and our faith, always, my friends, our trust and our faith. He constantly witnessed this through all of the Gospels. Everyone who lives in him will be saved. We know this. This is true. This is scripture. Do you believe in Jesus and the power of the resurrection? He desires everything, not just the crumbs. He wants the crumbs as well, but he wants it all. He wants everything. Our attention, our focus, our time, our questions, our fears, our self-doubts, our worries, our anxieties. He wants it all. He died for all of that, yet we grip on so tightly to the things of the world, thinking that they have the power to save and protect us. So what are you gripping on to today? Fearfully, there's always that fear. If I lose this, I will lose my sense of safety. What comes up for you when I propose that statement? If I lose this, I will lose my sense of safety and protection. We've linked our sense of safety to our false sense of being in control. And this is what I mentioned in the beginning when I was speaking about the counterfeit control. I actually heard this phrase the first time I heard it. Perhaps it's been used before by Pastor Mike Todd when he was giving a sermon on 
on uh, control, thought it was just a masterful statement, understanding that the definition of counterfeit, actually, and linking it then to control, counterfeit means made in the exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intention to deceive or defraud. Who do you know that does this in your life? Satan. He's used this trickery in the garden to deceive Adam and Eve, and he still uses it today. Go ahead, take a bite. Go ahead, take a bite, take a bite. Taking something that's good and valuable with the intention to deceive. That's what he did in the garden. And that's what he's doing in your life today. He's taking something that is good in your life with the intention to deceive or defraud in some way. Take a bite. That'll put you in the driver's seat. That'll give you control if you take a bite. That'll make you more like God. Satan makes cheap imitations, always, of safety. And uses our inclination and desire to be in control. Because we all have that desire to be in control. And so as we come to the end of this year, to think about those things in your life that have occupied your full attention. And the ramification of that full attention has been anxiety, fear that you'll lose it, you won't get it, you won't have enough. This, my friends, is the true message of Christmas. For God so loved the world, he loved us enough not to leave us in our sin, way back in the garden, wanting to be in control, the fall of man. He wants us to come back to true goodness, to what's truly valuable, what's truly important, not the counterfeit, not the exact imitation of something valuable or important with the intention to deceive. He wants to give us the real thing. So let us draw near to the manger and truly evaluate our journey this last year. He's given us another gift of life, my friends, this last year. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty confident you're still wearing the earth suit. <laughs> God has work to do. We are the handiwork of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And if God says, go someplace, and there's people around you that are saying, no, don't do that. You're sh you shouldn't do that. Whose voice are you listening to? Because it is God who calls you to step into those good purposes. And wherever he's leading you to go, you go. Work for God, not man. So watch out for those cheap imitations of safety in your life. What are those for you? What if you what are you what in your life is a cheap imitation of a sense of safety? There's tons of them. Could be your bank account. Could be your relationship. The scriptures that say anyone who does not hate his mother and father, brothers and sisters, all of that is simply summed up in the invitation to put God above all things in our lives, to love him with all of our heart 
all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our strength. Why does he invite us to do that? He desires to love on us and give us what our hearts truly, truly desire, safety and connection with our creator. I have often sat back in my own life and thought about all of the counterfeit control situations where I went for different things, right? Put all my attention, my time, my energy into it, thinking that that's what I needed in order to feel that I was enough, that I was safe, that I was in control. And it all comes to nothing. It's kind of like what Jesus said, what are you building on, the sand or the rock? The sand is the world. The rock is Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that little baby in the manger. That's the rock. So let's begin again. Thanks be to God. He gives us the opportunity to begin again. We've linked our sense of safety to a false sense of being in control. Now, we recorded a podcast um, a couple weeks ago. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to that, I highly encourage you to check that one out. It's called That's Not Fair. And I have an incredible co-host that joined me that day. It's called That's Not Fair. But in it, we kind of dismantle the story in the Bible of Mary and Martha. And Mary, if you're familiar with the story in Luke 10, 38 through 42, she actually, Jesus said, hey, she's chosen the thing that's better than what Mary's, what Martha's doing. She was sitting at Jesus' feet, being attentive to what he said. So let's Let's take this forward. Let's put let's put this boots on the ground. As we as we enter the new year, what do you want to let go of in order in the area specifically of control? And this is a coaching question to you. What do you want to let go of in the area of control in order to make more time to sit at the feet of Jesus? To hear his still small voice saying, this is the way, this is the way, my daughter, my son, walk in it. Let's take two real case studies from the Holy Word of God. And these are, these are scriptures that are, that are commonly referenced this week before Christmas. But one is, is the encounter that Zechariah had in Luke chapter one with the angel Gabriel. So, it was a time of King Herod in Judea, and there was a priest, priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly division of Abaha, and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Okay, um, both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing the Lord's commandments and, regu and regulations blamelessly, but they had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were old, like they were old beyond childbearing years, right? So God is masterful at that. He'll he'll often wait to the final hour or the fourth watch of the night, as Jesus did when he finally came to his stressed out disciples in the boat, which is the just before sunrise, right? So we're struggling all night long. Jesus, where are you? And then finally, because he's developing character within us in the fourth watch of the night, he has us exactly where he, where he wants us to be because he knows that the archway of suffering, when we're walking through suffering, that opens up the soul to listen to the voice of God. And so here we have Elizabeth and Zechariah. And so Zechariah was actually called up to duty at the time, being a, being a priest in his priesthood. And he, he went to burn incense. And the time of burning the incense came and the assembled of the worshipers came. 
behind the Holy of Holies. And then an angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah when he was on duty going into the the, the area of, of burning the incense before the Lord, which, which was a very holy exchange. And all of a sudden, Shazam, Gabriel. Now, Gabriel's at the top of the game, my friends. <laughs> when the archangel Gabriel shows up, that's time to put down all your shiny objects and be attentive, just saying, <laughs> including our own will, willfulness and pride and selfishness and stubbornness. Just drop it quickly. And the Lord appeared to Zechariah in verse 12, chapter one of Luke. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and he was, his first response was, he says he was gripped with fear, right? I'm, I'm thinking I might relate to that situation. Instantly, the, the angel, Gabriel, answered him and said, do not be afraid, Zechariah, your prayers have been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear a son, and you are to give him the name John, and he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel, he will bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, right? So that's a, that's a whole other podcast, the fact that he is moving in the spirit of Elijah, who had huge favor from the Old Testament from the Lord. So this is the a little typology, pulling in a little bit of the Old Testament and the fulfillment. Jesus is the fulfillment of all of it. And turn your hearts of, your, of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteousness to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. John's whole purpose of existence was to prepare the way of the Lord. So Zechariah, after he hears this, he asks the angel a question, right? He chooses to go in a different direction than Mary will review Mary's response to Gabriel too, because Gabriel's making his rounds to set things up for Jesus, obviously sent by God um, to put things in motion, the fulfillment. I have not come to abolish the, the law, but to fulfill the law. That was Jesus' whole purpose. He's coming in to save us, save mankind. He's the one that was lifted up, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert. Jesus is lifted up now on the cross, and all who look to him will be saved. So he's the fulfillment, my friends, because of God's love for us. So Zechariah's response to the angel is, how can I be sure of this? So I want to pause here just for a moment. When was the last time in your faith walk with the Lord? When you were praying about something that you really wanted to take place, right? And you felt like you had an answer from God, but you had, you had doubt. And the doubt overrode your faith. So this is going back to the garden. Understand that it's the same trickery of counterfeit control. Because Satan will crash your party real fast and just say, did God really say that? He'll use the same kind of things. Are you really going to be safe in this situation? You think God really has your back? What if you don't get that? That means God's not with you. That means he doesn't hear you. What if your, your mom that you've been praying for for recovery actually doesn't make it and the Lord decides to take her home. Where do you go? What happens then? 
once we realize our identity is in Christ, which is the first stage or phase of emotional intelligence in Christ, we're building on the rock versus the sand. So here, Zechariah has a weak moment of faith, right? So our, our title is Let Faith Override Fear. In this moment, Zechariah let fear fuel self-doubt doubt, and the need for assurance. I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. How can this be? So how can I be sure of this? He's basically asking for the gift of assurance. He wanted assurance and safety. He actually placed his focus on earthly limitations rather than on God's power. And that's the problem. Wanting assurance, by the way, my friends, anytime we want assurance, it's actually a form of control, counterfeit control. He didn't let God lead him into the plan. He allowed his, his fleshly concerns and worries override that faith. So, you can perhaps relate to Zechariah today. I sure can, as I reflect on my year. That's a wonderful time to do an examination of consciousness and just reflect on the difference of, was I Zechariah here or was I Mary here? Am I Zechariahing this moment or am I allowing that same faith that Mary had to guide my positionality in this? Well, let's look at the ramification of that. So what happened? How can I be sure of this? So, so you think that that's a reasonable request, right? I mean, my gosh, he's he's human for 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 all sense of reason. <laughs> you know, he only uses five percent of his brain, as we all do. <laughs> so he's just wanting a little bit. Throw me a bone here, Gabriel. Throw me a bone. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years because he's focusing on physical limitations, which we often do. But God sees the full picture, my friends. He sees the full Monet, not just the, the brush stroke of a small portion of the full picture. So this is the angel's response. He doesn't even address that. He doesn't even say, okay, well, let me say I can see that you want assurance, but in this situation, it's just not going to happen. No, he just jumps into, again, reestablishing his identity. And we can all do the same thing. We talk about this in Emotional Intelligence in Christ. That whole project you can explore, by the way, at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We have a book, a course, working on a six-week Bible study, which will be launched in the new year, six-week study guide, because our main place of success is in the first phase of emotional intelligence in Christ. And that's our choice of identity. Where are you placing your identity? So <laughs> Gabriel knows exactly where his identity is. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I stand. This is my name. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you the, this good news. So all he does, he doesn't address Zechariah's question, his human small question. He just declares his identity. So that's a lesson for all of us as we go into the new year, when we face opposition, when we face undesirable situations, dear God, help us to have the same response as Gabriel, that we declare our name. I am Lauren. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who has good plans to pre prepare in advance for me to step into. I stand in the presence of God, and I've been sent to do this. And to tell you the good news, this is, this is our, our calling, my friends, all of us. 
were sent to speak and to share the good news, just like Gabriel did here. And now you will be silent and not be able to speak until this day happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their proper time. Now, this is another lesson for us, too. Patience. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like the day that scriptures say. So, so God is patient, not wanting anyone to perish. We're not. <laughs> we want, particularly our society today, we're very impatient. So perhaps that's a character trait that you'd like to bring to the manger. I'm very impatient, God. I want things and I want them now. And even if I have to wait a month, two months, three months, six months, that's too long for me. So I need your assistance to help me step out of this counterfeit control of thinking I need things to happen faster, counterfeit, in order to feel safe. We can feel safe right now and secure, my brothers and sisters in Christ, because we belong to God and he's in charge. So let's shift a little bit here and take a look real quick at Mary's story. Same chapter, Luke chapter one. Again, so we have Mary. So here we go. The angel went to Mary and he opened up the conversation. It's same Abra it's Gabriel. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, the town of Galilee, to Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, which is key because that's the fulfillment. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, of the promise, the prophesied Messiah. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled, as I would be, at the words, at his words, right? And wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So her response was not fear. Her response was more curiosity. Wondering is curiosity, my friends. So when things are happening in your life, I invite you to explore asking the Holy Spirit to help you to remain curious. Something's not turning out for you today. Lord, what do you want me to learn from this? You're not getting an answer to a prayer. God, what character trait are you wanting to develop within me to make me more like you? Lord, I'm anxious about the future. Everything's been stripped that I thought was my security, and I don't have that anymore. What do you want me to remember? So keep that positionality, that posturing that Mary had of curiosity. The angel of the Lord said to her, do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. Can you imagine this? The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Again, curiosity. Mary responds with curiosity. Verse 34, how can this be? Since I'm, an, I'm a virgin. So she's not asking, notice the difference in Luke chapter 1, verse 18, Zachariah's response is, how can I be sure of this? Mary's response was, was asking, linking her curiosity of wondering, how can it be because I'm a virgin, right? So Zachariah is asking for assurance, I need a sign. Mary's asking for clarity around the calling. 
feel free to ask for clarity around the calling. If God is calling you to do something and you're confused, ask for clarity. The flesh wants a sign. The soul is curious and wants clarity. Just give me clarity because I don't want to screw this up. I just want to know like how this is going to roll out because I want to do a good job for you. So it's a different posturing. I'm a virgin. How's this going to happen? So the angel answers her. God will answer you as well. Stay in that place of curiosity. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even as I say that, I just get chills through my whole body. That's the Christmas story, my friends. Will be the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child. See, she didn't even ask for a sign, right? But the, the, Gabriel gave it to her. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who has been said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Now, Mary's response to that, acceptance, curiosity, and then acceptance. Let's follow her lead on that. I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me, as you have said. So we have two different responses to the mission of Gabriel, who states his name, his positionality, as well as the foundation for his existence, the presence of God. That is our foundation for existence, the presence of God. And all who look upon him will be saved and believe in him and his name. So that's our invitation today, is to believe. Come and believe. When God's word declares a promise, believe that it will be fulfilled. So here's a few promises to consider as we're entering the new year that can help us to stay focused on faith versus fear. So remember the positionality of curiosity and acceptance. Those are two words. Write those down. Be curious, be accepting. If you're praying for God to deliver you from something and you're not being delivered, then you go back to that curiosity. Dear God, I trust you. What do you want me to learn from this? I remember praying so hard. I had 14 surgeries in less than two years, and I was praying that I didn't have to go back in and, and have everything reversed due to a MRSA staph infection. And I prayed so hard that they wouldn't have to start from scratch. And... Um, they had to start from scratch. Now I had a choice point. I could have been like, why the heck aren't you delivering me from this? Rather than saying, all right, what do you want me to learn here? And the message came to me again and again. I want you to trust me. Whether things work out the way you want them to or not, just trust me. And I often think, you know, that MRSA staph infection, I was in, I was in intensive care for, for, for nine days because I was septic. I had 104 temperature and I could have died. So they did what they needed to do to save my life. So how many moments in our lives when we're upset about something that didn't turn out, but we don't have the backstory. Mary didn't have the backstory, either did Zachariah, but they had the opportunity to trust and believe, remain curious and accept, and then take a step forward. So here are, here are four verses to think about 
John 6, 35 through 36. These are the first two. I am the bread of life, Jesus said. Now, Jesus here is declaring his identity. And this is an incredible opportunity for us to declare our identity, reestablish our identity in Christ. Dear Lord, I give myself to you. You are the bread of life. Jesus says, whoever comes to me will never go hungry. So the first invitation is to come. The second part of that verse is whoever believes in me will never thirst. So what are you hungry for today? Approval, promotion, financial provisions, health. Whoever believes in me will never thirst. So what are you thirsty for? To know that you're valued? Enough? Chosen for a purpose? God sees you and delights in you. And the third, the third one is, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. What do you want to do more of to follow Jesus in the new year? What do you want to do less of to make more light, to make more of the light of Christ to show up? And the, and the last one is, I'm the vine, you are the branch. John 15, John 15 Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. So we have four words here to consider, four promises as we go into the new year that require action on our part. Come, believe, follow, remain. Come, believe, follow, remain. As you head out into the new year and you, and you lean into the manger within you, the presence of Christ within you, Declare specific ways that you'll expand your faith. Remain curious and accepting of where God has you and trust that he will give you your next step. As you declare the specific ways you'll expand your faith by coming to Jesus first, believing in his words and truth found in the gospels, following his footsteps and remaining in him by intentionally seeking his presence in each encounter you have with the people God puts in your path, come, my friends, believe, follow, and remain in him. The one who loved you enough not to leave you where you're at. For he seeks you every day. Sweet Jesus, we come to you today. Perhaps there's some listeners today, Lord, that haven't even surrendered their life to you, but stumbled upon this podcast. So we come to you. We dedicate our lives to you. We invite you into our hearts, our manger, the place we desire for you to dwell in that still small space in the middle of the dark night. Light crashed in. So we give you permission, Lord to come into our life, be the savior of our life, of our mind, our will, our emotions. We rededicate to you every thought, every word, every inclination. Forgive us for our sins, all of our sins. We know you are our redeemer. You shed your blood to make things right. So we give all, of, all that we are to you. And we surrender all of our own inclinations, all of our fears, all of our doubts. Be the Lord of our life. Thank you for hearing our prayers. And come, Lord Jesus. Come. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So if this is before Christmas that you're listening to this podcast, have a blessed, blessed Christmas celebration. And remember the reason for the season. 
if you're listening to this after Christmas, the Christmas story remains every single day throughout the year. So keep it alive, my friends. Remain curious, surrendered, attentive, and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you into the plans that God has prepared in advance for you to step into for his glory, not ours. God bless you. Outshine the darkness. There's enough of the dark side. You can visit us at edgegodin.com for a one sheet to capture your learnings from today's podcast, as well as at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. Think about how Gabriel responded by declaring his identity. Declare your identity and stand firm, my friends, because there's a lot of darkness out there and you want the real thing. Step away from the counterfeit control and allow God to take his rightful seat in your heart and your decisions. God bless you.